Welcome to The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast, where we go inside and under the flooring industry. Welcome to episode two of The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast. And with me, as always, is my law co-host, Michael Roberts, the GM of Clever Choice. How are you, mate? Yeah, very excited, Matt. I just had uh, Greg Harvey in here telling me after the last podcast how he's uh, not only had his sister, but a couple of our customers asking if we got any jobs going. We obviously presented well and and uh, presented a really good message of Clever Choice in episode one. Well, that's the plan, I think, mate. And if we've got them fooled, well, then we're doing our job. And I, I think we've got some massive shoes to fill after Greg last week, but I think uh, we've got just the feet to fill them. And we've got Doug Hawkins from Pancare with us today. Very special guest. How are you, Doug? Very well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me and a pleasure to be here. Mate, it feels a little bit like deja vu and it's nice to meet you again, but we are rolling, I think. Mate, Pancare, uh, dedicated to providing support, resources, and information services that's available to all families impacted by pancreatic, liver, stomach, biliary, and esophageal cancers. It's quite a mouthful, mate. Uh, how? Uh, tell us a little bit more about Pancare, please. Yeah, look, Matt, it is, a, it is a mouthful, hence why those five cancers are considered in a category called upper GI cancer. And together, they um, they represent some of Australia's worst and most lethal lethal cancers. Uh, to give you an idea, there's about fourteen thousand Australians diagnosed with one of those cancers per annum, uh, and there's around about eight and a half to nine thousand deaths. So a combined survival rate of somewhere between twenty or thirty percent, which makes them, you know, sort of really way off the mark in terms of how they compare to other diseases and certainly other cancers in this country. Pancare does look after families impacted by them. We do that through support services, a whole host of really interesting and compelling support services that families need when they're dealing with these cancers. And we also uh, fund and support some really compelling and innovative research to try and unlock breakthroughs and you know, try and improve patient outcomes for, for anyone impacted by any of those cancers. Hats off to you, mate. I've, I've, had, I've dipped my toe into a little bit of not-for-profit charity work and it, it's hard. It's a hard slog. So Pancare's 10 years old and you've been the CEO now for three years. Correct. What was the inspiration around you joining Pancare? Look, I was, I was contacted through, through networks ultimately, through board level contacts. Pancare had decided that it was an incredibly challenging space. The cancers themselves are incredibly complex, lack of progress in the last 40 years sort of a recognition from the board that something needed to be done differently. Um, therefore, it needed a different type of leader. Um, so I was engaged uh, by the board. You know, I don't come from the cancer space and I don't come from the not-for-profit area. I come more from a innovation, corporate innovation, transformation type background. And I think the board recognised that was the kind of kind of leadership or the next stage they needed to go to. Um, so I was brought in, effectively rewrote a strategy and embarked on creating change and diversification for the foundation to address exactly what you just said is incredibly difficult running a not-for-profit. And we recognised that we weren't going to have the impact we needed if we just continued to run the same old not-for-profit model. So, you know, I've been here three years now to implement change, innovation and doing things differently because if we don't, then you can't expect 
to move the dial on the patient outcomes for these cancers because it is an incredibly complex and difficult area to be working in. I think from from what I've found, it's I think in order for a not for profit to really turn the needle or push the needle, it it needs to be run like a business. The old model doesn't work anymore. It really needs to take that next step and become become a business, which means that you know, people don't do it for free. No. People need to be paid to to make these things successful because it is a business. Is that one of the things that you thought had to change? Totally, mate. Um, the not-for-profit model still has a place and all of the different aspects of that traditional fundraising, traditional not-for-profit activity still exists and people love being involved in that sort of stuff, but it can't be the only answer and that it has to be more strategic, more commercial, more based around partnerships, innovation, how to mobilise a government with a different conversation, et cetera, et cetera. So I've come from a business background. The people that are now joining the organisation in the relevant areas have more commercial type backgrounds and it's no surprise that the models and the you know the partnerships that we're establishing in the market are all based on business partnerships, commercial gain, mutual benefit, passive revenue streams, all of this much more strategic way to scale the organisation because we recognise that donations, events, you know, raffle tickets and all that stuff's great and we'll always do it. But if that's your only answer, then you're going to struggle at the best of times and you're certainly going to struggle in a market that's been hit by COVID and, and you know, massive economic headwinds now. So we've had to be different and fortunately we've done that right at the right time, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's mate, you're in a very highly competitive market with over, over 50,000 registered charities just in Australia. So it's a highly competitive market. So you've got to be doing something different. You've got to be strategic about it, don't you? We do. Yeah, it's very competitive. All those charities are no doubt worthy, doing great work, you know, supporting important things in the community that perhaps the government or other organisations are unable to support. So they all play a great role. We admire all of them. And we certainly play in a very competitive space being cancer where you're dealing with the likes of very high profile Causes and foundations like breast cancer, like the McGrath Foundation, like prostate, like melanoma, leukemia, all of these are big government-backed, corporate-supported, celebrity-led causes. And Pancare is actually addressing a, a set of diseases that has a way higher community impact than any of those any of those diseases I just mentioned, yet we don't have at this point any of that major backing. So that's our challenge over the next few years is to do things differently, to try to bridge that inequity and community impact misalignment and the only way to do that is through strategic business so michael you you met doug recently and mate why don't you tell us a little bit about the relationship between clever choice and pancare and where that all works yeah well thanks thankfully due to um links with floor world which is one of our business partners they aligned us with pancare a couple of years ago um, and we do joint marketing, um, advertising and support through the Floorwell Group. Doug was just saying, he was just talking with Bob Crotty today. So, you know, Bob Crotty and his team there have done really well in encouraging us to join along. Um, and I guess it appealed to, to me here personally, you know, m- many years ago, my grandfather um, sadly passed away uh, with pancreatic cancer. And, um, you know, I sort of didn't too, know too much about it at the time and really didn't put a, you know, a lot of thought into it. And now, obviously, me getting it uh, a little bit la- uh, later in life, and I know it affects, it's not discriminative and can affect anyone, 
but I really thought for, for Clever Choice, we really want to align uh, with someone you know, like Pancare. And you know, over the past several years, um, you know, I've started to form a good relationship with Doug and, and his team as well. We were just talking, you know, before we aired about um, coming back from Hamilton Island. So one of the connections I got with uh, Doug was he came up to Floor World's conference and joined in up there. And um, it was good actually to see, you know, we, we talk about flooring and I know for some people that can be a little bit boring. Um, but for us, you know, we're passionate about what we do and we're passionate about um, our business and really impressed me, Doug, that um, during our speed dating event, um, you came in and joined in and actually got around and got to learn about some flooring as well. So, you know, not only during, I guess, uh, our time of supporting Pancare, you know, Doug put um, put his ring in the hat and come and learn a little bit about flooring. Did uh, Mike Leonard was there? A great conference, and it was awesome. Mate. I sat on several of your sessions, mate. You're the consummate professional when it comes to flooring. Let me assure you. But it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to be involved in all of that. And I suppose, from my point of view, that was important because our relationship with Floor World is not one where we're trying to be their charity partner. We're not trying to be their philanthropy or their cause. We're actually we're positioning ourselves, and rightly so, as business partners. And Pancare's coming to that relationship bringing our networks, bringing our uh, contacts, our commercial capability in a way that we're trying to help grow the floor world business and therefore grow the supplier's business through that channel. So for me to sit on those sessions was important to demonstrate that I'm, you know, I, I feel we're a business partner and that was a business forum and I should sit in it from a business perspective and learn more about your products and services and your industry so that Pancare can add more and more value through you know better education a better understanding of how that industry operates and therefore a better way for us to engage to help that industry flourish and by doing that pancare and our cause can win through you know sharing revenues through joint marketing activities through you know building our own um, and mutual communities for mutual benefit so it was a it was a strategic move to sit down and actually get to know people like you and your company and understand what it is that you do. And if I can help you in some way, then perhaps you can help Pancare and we all win. No, not you know, I really appreciated it. Just the time that you took and not only during the speed dating, but through the, the whole three day event. And you know, I was really I was really actually touched um, at the awards dinner to hear some of the stories that um, you know, you got up and uh, told us about obviously what Pancare does and it was real touching when you um, told the story about the members over at uh, Floor World Nara mm. and how how you come across you want to would you like to just share a little bit about yeah. you know how how that sort of came about yeah it's um it's another sad but unfortunately very common situation. It just shows you how common these diseases are, that you don't have to look far. You know, you can attend a room with 100 people in it. You'll find somebody uh, who's got connections to the diseases. And you've just said your grandfather passed away with pancreatic cancer. Everyone's got a connection to cancer. I mean, it's just part of our lives. But these upper GI cancers are so widespread now and so dangerous that it's not hard to find somebody who knows somebody so to be sitting in that conference and actually have a Floor World member or franchisee, as you call them, from Nowra, sitting in the room 
you know, battling esophageal cancer um, was compelling. And I suppose it, it resonated with everyone there to go, it wasn't just me sitting up talking about a disease or talking about information on PowerPoint slides that somebody there sitting in the third row was battling for their life against one of these diseases now and they're a part of the floor world business and they're a part of your industry and they're great people you know just really salt of the earth great Australian people who are you know their families now in turmoil and their lives have been turned on their heads from a esophageal cancer diagnosis which reality is it's not a great outlook and Pancare is mm. trying to do more to get more money into research so that somebody like Glenn from Nowra, Floorworld, um, has a better outlook on life and a better chance of survival because right now, whether we like it or not, it's a fairly bleak outlook. I guess that, that leads into sort of my, my next question. How do you and your team, obviously this is a roller coaster that you're on, um, you know, some of the statistics that you said that, you know, only sort of 20% success rate. So you and your team would be, you know, getting emotionally involved with not only um, people with cancer but then also their families. So how do you and your team, I guess, ride that emotional roller coaster and then, yeah, just cope with, with everything that it has to deliver? It's a good, really good question, Mike. And the reality is all of the staff, particularly those on the front line who are working with families every day, um, they they have periods where they struggle. It's really confronting um, work and, and sadly, you know, the most of the people that we work with pass away at some stage. That's just the harsh reality of the numbers. So it is difficult. Um, we provide counselling services internally for staff. The staff who are on the front line have their own resources and support networks that they rely on when they're finding it fairly difficult to do their work. But in a strange way, these people are unique in the fact that they absolutely love what they're doing despite the fact that most of the time it's it's not for the faint-hearted and some of the issues they deal with and the things they see on a daily basis are incredibly um, upsetting and distressing. They get out of bed every day, they love what they do, they feel like they're making a difference and they're just a very unique, unique group of people, highly trained, highly certified, but a unique group of people that despite the saddening stuff they see, um, they can't wait to help the next family through whatever whatever requirement they have. So for those who are not on the front line, people like me who are business people, it's pretty confronting um, to see what we see. On, on any given week, we might lose 10 or, 10 or 20 patients. You know, We're dealing with death every day. But on the flip side of that, we're dealing with success stories every day, people that do defy the odds, people who do well from treatment, people who get an extra six months to live when they were told they couldn't, people who get to go on holiday, people who get to create memories with their families when they were told, you know, to get their affairs in order and pack things up. Through through Pancare and some of our services, we're able to create a way to get people time to create memories and to give them a bit of quality of life in a pretty distressing situation. So that's highly rewarding. But yeah, it's not easy. So, mate, it, it it's probably a good place to ask is that obviously you're a experienced businessman with with years of experience in a different field, and take something special to say I'm going to change completely and go into this this area. What made your decision? What made you decide that it was time to to do something else and, and to go into the the NFP area? Well, matter was because. It was because I saw the opportunity to take that business and commercial skill set, 
networks, capability, relationships, all that historical stuff that I feel I could add, except applied in a way where it would have, in my view, way greater impact on something more important than, you know, previous roles where it's been shareholder value and create profits and mergers and acquisitions and all that stuff that you get your head into commercial. It's all about commercial gain and profit. For me, it was like I get to do commercial stuff and the benefit is Australian families who are dealing with the worst stuff you can possibly imagine in their life. So I, I feel like it was just way more way more meaning to, to work. It wasn't that the work was different or it was a big step sideways. I'm doing exactly what I used to do. I'm just doing it in a what, what I believe is in a more meaningful way. I think at the end of the day, we all need to find a why, you know, and I think mm-hmm. that sometimes we go to a job that we hate and that why is because we get paid to go there. And there's got to be more to life than that. And I think yeah. that especially when you're looking long-term in a in a professional nature, there needs to be more motivation than just the money. And I think that doing good, so to speak, and, and helping people is, is a huge motivator. And it takes special people to decide that's the track that they're going to run, especially when you're dealing with the ups and downs of, of your role every day. It must be it must be brutal sometimes, mate. It really must be. Uh, it's brutal. I won't lie to you. There are times it's pretty brutal. I look at the floor world relationship and the relationship with, you know, what Pancare is doing with that partnership. It's all strategic commercial. It's got really exciting new elements to come to it. And, and I genuinely believe through this that Pancare can help the likes of Clever and other product suppliers and floor world um, be more successful in business. And it's not about a one-way, can you donate to Pancare and help the cause? It's actually we start with how can Pancare help your business? Because we know if we can do that, if we can create new customers, a better way to differentiate your brand, a smarter way to market yourselves, a new market segment we can take you to, partnerships we can bring to the table that you probably weren't aware of. If we can do all of that for a business, we know that those good business people will, will reward the foundation. And in this case, it's rewarding it with exposure, greater funding, scalable passive revenues, et cetera, et cetera, and that's what we need. So it's awesome to to be able to to be able to do that kind of work and just support a cause in a more strategic fashion than me going to Michael and saying, Michael, could you please donate five thousand dollars to Pancare? That's not interesting to Michael and it's not interesting to Pancare and it sure as hell isn't going to change patient outcomes. So we've got to be we've got to be smarter than that and it makes it enjoyable, but at the at the background is some really horrible and confronting stuff which which creates real urgency around these kind of opportunities thanks doug and i guess from a business perspective you know that's one thing that i've really noticed with pancare is that partnership and you're right it's something that you know we're we're growing together um i'm looking forward to you've got your 10th anniversary gala ball coming up uh matt mentioned before you've been around for 10 years so you know, hosting events like this, um, I'm actually quite excited about as it's officially my first um, black tie event. And also the other thing that I'm looking forward to is networking with other people. You know, the fact that, you, as you said, you've set up this business partnership relationship. Uh, I know there's going to be many members of um, Floorworld there. Uh, so that's another forum for us to to network. But I'm also looking forward to meeting, you know, all the other business partners and people that I'm sure you have coming along to that event as well. 
Yeah, it's a, it promises to be a great event on the 10th of September. It's, yeah, 10 years. It's a celebration and a reflection, um, and it, it'll be a room full of people connected to the cause through various means. And for anyone in the room like you, uh, Michael, it's a good opportunity to meet, you know, connect connect with the cause, meet other people, and I have no doubt um, that there will be networks that sit around Pancare that could be of use to your business or even of use to you personally at some point. Uh, so great opportunity for everyone and um, I'm most looking forward to seeing you on the dance floor, mate, at your first black tie event. Um, <laughs> I've heard the dance moves are fairly impressive, so there'll be plenty of opportunity for you later in the night to strut your stuff, mate. So just, just so I'm um, prepared, um, at these black tie events, what's the genre of dancing that I should be um, training for? Definitely closed. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be a bit of a mixed bag, maybe. There'll be something from your era. I'm tipping the year is probably the 80s and 90s is probably your sweet spot, so I'll make sure there's something that band plays that you recognise. Excellent, excellent. See, you are a good bloke. You'll be looking after me, I'm sure. Yeah, look, it, it's but it's not all It's not all black tie balls and, and parties and, and semi-naked dancing. Uh, you mentioned before a little bit about, Doug, you talked about uh, patient outcomes. What are some of the initiatives that Pancare are doing to to drive those more positive patient outcomes? I know that you've got uh, a, a few things like the specialist care nurses and and you have some scholarship awards, all this kind of stuff. What are some of the initiatives that Pancare are doing? Look, the, the patient ultimately the patient outcomes generally come off the back of research, and that is you know third party organisations, institutions, PhD students, uh, you know a big mix of highly talented scientists who conduct, you know, really sophisticated and quite innovative and groundbreaking research. So, so Pancare's prime objective is to raise money to fund those third-party research projects to try and uncover those breakthroughs. And we fund, you know, more than a dozen now across all of the cancers. We tend to focus on areas around prevention, screening and detection, treatment, smarter treatment to buy people more time to make better quality of life, and of course, care. So the, the care program where our nurses, our mental health counsellors, dietitians, all sorts of experts will provide services to to make people dealing with the cancer a much more palatable and lower stress experience. But ultimately, it's funding research where where we see the breakthroughs coming. And there's been some good ones in the past, but I'm particularly excited about the work that we're funding at the moment, I have no doubt that some of the outcomes of those when, they, when they're commercialised and they get through clinical trials, et cetera, will improve the survival rates for cancer patients. They will live longer. A cure is a bold, a bold call. Anyone that says they're going to cure cancer is a, is a very bold call. It's not impossible. And we all hope that'll happen one day. But in the absence of a cure, there's a lot that can be done to enable people to live longer and live better with cancer and not die and pass away so soon and that's you know that's where we're really focusing on that as an outcome yeah excellent mate i know that michael is very interested in the trek for hope mm. and he's started walking a dog around the block to start to get a little bit fit tell us a little bit about the trek for hope mate yeah trek for hope is um is a great initiative it's effectively a challenge-based opportunity for people to participate in something quite challenging and, and ultimately be sponsored by their peers and friends and family and networks to get behind them to raise awareness for a cause and to raise money um 
Trek for Hope is something that we've done recently, actually, and there's a floor world connection there. We had a Trek for Hope in Cradle Mountain in Tasmania about six months ago. I attended that event, and so did Bob Crotty, the CEO of Floor World, and about 12 other people. They all came to the Trek uh, affected by the cause, i.e. they'd lost a loved one to one of these cancers, and that drove them to, to want to attend the Trek, and that was a cathartic kind of experience for for most people but they also you know got their families to sponsor them and raise money and we you know we, we managed to raise just shy of a hundred thousand dollars for a four or five day trek in tasmania which was which was awesome the experience for people who participate is unbelievable um the the bonding and the friendships and the environment you're in just creates a once in a lifetime type experience so we thought that's a good idea there's another one coming up now in the alpine uh, districts which which hopefully michael others might go on and again, it's yes. a similar principle, get a gr group of like-minded people together to do some sort of really unusual physical challenge um, and use that as a vehicle to raise awareness and funding for our cause. And I just, yeah, I just stressed having been on it and been on it with Bob and been on it with others, it creates friendships for life. Um, it's not something you go to and I think it drifts off into the background. Everyone that attended our Cradle Mountain Trek in Tassie has remained in touch six months later, has caught up personally offline, and you know true lifelong relationships are in the are under development, and that's yeah that's probably something most people don't expect when they sign up for an adventure like that. Well, that sounds um, even more appealing than you know sort of what I was expecting, and you know Matt Matt is right. I have um, started walking walking the dog, and when I was um, on your website the other day, I you know I saw all these different events, and that's I, I guess another thing that you know you guys um, at Pancare and your team do is, you know, it's, it's not just all about the fundraising; it's about these life changing events that you put on. And you know, I was talking to Bob after the Cradle Mountain um, experience, and you know, I've sort of been waiting to see your next one come up because just like you said, you know, the experiences and the stories and all that that, um, you know, he shared with me, you know, it's good motivation for me to, um, you know, get out from behind the desk and have something to look forward to. So uh, I guess I'm officially on air um, saying that um, I'm going to have to now get myself fit and put my hand up and um, take one of those tickets for the 23rd to 26th of November and join you on the top of the Victorian Alps. Michael, that's awesome, mate. I mean, it's one thing to talk about a partnership and, you know, say you're committed to a cause. It's another thing to sign up to a week-long trek and, uh, you know, put yourself through the planning and, and and all of that is is incredible. So hats off to you, mate. You will you will love the experience. It'll be life changing for you, I reckon. And yeah, the the events are ultimately about bringing community together. And um, even though they're not the most strategic in terms of transactional fundraising, it's not it's not just about the money. It's about connections. It's about people getting together. And it's about building relationships, building awareness. And that's that's critical for any cause. Um, and that's what I think is the value of that trek is you're going to you're going to walk away from that with lifelong friends and a very memorable experience and you're going to feel very proud of yourself that you did something you did something that gave back to community mate which is awesome there's nothing better than that good on you well, well said because for all those reasons you know there's certain things that um, you know I guess 
you get to 44 years of age and um, in the position that we're in um, and especially here at Clever, you know, when I am fortunate enough now within my position to, you know, help others and help give back and then not only help myself, you know. So I thank you, Doug, for, you know, Pancare giving us, you know, these sort of outlets and opportunities uh, to help others uh, along with helping ourselves. Um, and that's probably one of the things that, you know, I'm getting most out of the connection and the business partnership um, that, yeah, we're having with Pancare. That's terrific, Michael. I'm not sure you'll be, you'll be allowed to take your dog, mate, but if that's good for, good for the training and preparation, <laughs> um, that'll get a few kilometres into your legs. I reckon you'll need it because it's, uh, it's not for the faint-hearted up there in the Alpine district, so you'll need to be pretty fit. So hey, just tell me how many kilometres um, will be will we be walking each day? Well, I I don't know exactly. I can only go by what we did in Tassie, but I think you can expect anything north of about ten k's. The difference is that's ten k's of pretty serious undulating country. So um, it'll take you most of the day, but there's plenty of breaks, plenty of stops for some lollies and some refreshments, mate. So I'm sure you'll you'll be absolutely fine. Oh, that's okay. My pockets will be definitely filled with lollies. Look, I think I think it's uh, <laughs> yeah. Look, a, a packet of snakes can get you many, many kilometres. Don't worry about that. <laughs> look, I think uh, when when you talk about helping charities, I think the sometimes the easy thing is to just transfer some money, sort of set and forget, don't worry about it. But I think it's the the buy in and the events and and building community and and building those long-term relationships having people involved that become champions instead of just silent donators that's the key and you said there about passive income and i think that's how you generate it you generate it by building networks outside of your normal network and i think that the events is how you do it i think that trial by fire that builds that relationships with the people that have been through this and even though it it may sound to some like it's a four-day walk in the park like I've I've been to Tasmania, I've been up Cradle Mountain, and that can be brutal. It can be twenty degrees, and then it can be minus five. Like it's only under the heat of battle do people bond, really. And I think that that's how you build those champions and those people that will essentially go to war for Pancare. And that's what these events, I think, are about. Spot on, Matt. We um, you know, our number one call out on our vision and mission is about uniting community. It all it all starts with that. So by bringing bringing people together and going beyond the digital online transfer to a cause and sort of forgetting about it 15 minutes later. It's actually come in, properly connect with the cause, hear the stories, meet the people. It just creates a a greater experience and you feel totally different about your contribution to that cause is different when you take action, you get involved and you start to build relationships and you start to learn about what it is you're doing. It's just really, really fulfilling. So... Michael, you're going to have an unbelievable experience, mate. It probably feels like you're, you know, at the moment you're going to go on a trek and it feels a bit exciting, but I, but I stress you're going to walk away having done one of the most memorable things you're probably ever going to do in your life. I'm convinced of that and um, be interested to see and follow up with you when you're finished, mate. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely excited and, and nervous uh, at the same time, but more so excited so no definitely i'm i'm sure we'll be catching up and and living those experiences very well, good i i think doug look it's been a great time that we've got to spend with you and i i think that's probably a really good time to to i guess quit while we're ahead because michael could change his mind very quickly but we've got a commitment on online here and and he's in for for november for the for the charity event and 
I think we should sort of sum it up there. But mate, I know that people can uh, people can get online and help you through your website at pancare.org.au. Is that the best place to go to help out? That's the best place. Yeah, if there's somebody who's sort of interested or has liked what they've heard today and wants to explore how they might get involved or support, yeah, start start with the website, have a good look around, learn about what we do. Uh, there's no shortage of things you can get involved in uh, and it doesn't necessarily just have to be a donation but it might be you want to volunteer in, in a project or you've got a business that you want to talk to us about or you've got connections in the government that you think we could leverage or um, you know, you'd like to participate like Michael in an event. There's so many things you can do to support the cause but anything anyone can do is hugely appreciated, big or small. And to you guys today, just just having us on the show and having a conversation about this is is a form of serious help. So I you know, can't thank you enough on behalf of everyone at Pancare. Yeah, Doug, look, it's been an absolute pleasure spending some time with you and learning about what Pancare does for the community. I guess a, a disease that's close to almost everyone that we know has been touched by cancer. And yeah. without the people like yourself and the organisations like Pancare, life would be a hell of a lot harder for the people that are that are living through it. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope, well, mate, we'll be in touch because Michael's all in and we'll have to keep uh, abreast of what's going on on the walk. So it probably won't be the last time we get to chat to you. So thanks so much for your time, mate. Pleasure, Matt. And just out of interest, mate, there's plenty of room on that trek. There's, you know, if you feel a bit <laughs> way inclined, yeah. Matt, Michael, oh, look, need, a, look, need a walking partner. Yeah, look, I'm just afraid that he's already walking one dog. He doesn't need to be walking me as well. And look, <laughs> look, we've got we've got a few months to prep for it, so I'm not going to say no just yet. And I'm sure that Michael's a very convincing uh, man, so I may just be there. But we'll we'll leave that. We'll, that'll be a bit of mystery for next time. Okay. Good on you guys. Thank you very much for having me, and all the best, mate. Yeah, so thanks, much. Doug. Thanks for coming along. listening to The Underlay. If you want to hear more, follow us on all good podcast platforms.